Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Theology in the Raw. I'm going to be in Orange County on February 9th and 10th doing a all-day leaders forum and also an evening seminar on LGBT plus related questions. Uh, March 5th and 6th, I'll be in Northern Colorado. March 10th and 11th, I'll be in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, primarily for the barbecue, but I'm also doing uh, a couple events there in Nashville, Tennessee. March 15th, I'll be in Seattle, Washington, doing an intro to the LGBT plus conversation. April 30th, looks like we're going to Philadelphia. Cool. That just popped up. I don't actually arrange my schedule, um, so sometimes I'm just as surprised as you might be um, about where I'm going. So Philadelphia, looks like I'm going to Philly uh, April 30th and May 1st, and then, oh, cool, I'm going to Phoenix uh, May 6th and 7th. We'll be in Phoenix, and then September 23rd, oh, I don't know who, that's so far out, September 23rd in Michiana, Indiana, is that a place, Michiana, is that a place, Michiana? Must be between Michigan and Indiana. And then, um, yeah, I'll be there for two days, uh, September 23rd and September 24th. If you want to register for one of these events, you can go to centerforfaith.com. Go to the events page and look at the details and register. That's centerforfaith.com. And, uh, yeah, you got to sign up sooner than later, especially for some of these that are just right around the corner. Also, there is still... Um, well, I'm pre-recording this, so I hope there's still, but as far as, <laughs> as far as I can tell, there is still some room for the Theology in the Raw Israel trip this October, um, 11th through the 21st. We're going to Israel. I'm going to be, uh, kind of co-leading the trip with my brother-in-law, Dr. Benjamin Foreman. Uh, he's amazing. He's been living in the land for like 15 years as a PhD in old Testament, fluent in Hebrew. The dude's just absolutely legit. It will be a tour of Israel like no other. So if you want information on that, you can email Chris at Prestonsprinkle.com. That's C H R I S at PrestonSprinkle.com and just uh, say, hey, can you send me some info about the Israel trip? And she will send that to you. Um, What else? Oh, you know what I did uh, for the podcast? I finally got around to posting a a whole, um, all all the previous episodes, well, not all the previous episodes, but like 200 previous episodes are now listed on iTunes. One thing that just drove me crazy, and I didn't even explore how to fix it (laughs) until the other day, but um, if you're on iTunes, it would only list like the last 20 episodes, and then there's nothing else after that. You can get a link to the archives for every single podcast that I've done on my website. If you go to PressAndSprinkle.com, and you go to the podcast link, there's, there's a, but um, the podcast tab, you, there's a little link there that takes you to an, another website that has archived every single podcast I've done. Okay. Like all 775 podcasts. However, on iTunes, uh, it goes as far back as November 28th, 2016 at the time of recording. So if you want to easily access those older episodes and I'm just, I was just scanning them, and uh, some of these titles from like a couple of years ago, I'm like, man, this must have been a really cool conversation. These are some good topics here. <laughs> so if, <laughs> maybe I'll go back and listen to it um, myself because I'm, if it's been two years old, I probably forgot what I said anyway. So uh, yeah. So anyway, so that's there and available if you want to go back and, and check out older episodes. If you want to support this show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash theology in the raw and get access to 
premium content or, you know, content that's behind a paywall. For instance, this whole Israel trip that we're going on, I invited, um, I, I, I posted an invitation to all my Patreon supporters probably about three weeks before I opened it up to the general public. So, yeah, so that's a little gratitude to my Patreon supporters. You know who you are out there. Um, but also I post once a month uh, podcasts and blogs that are only for my Patreon supporters. So um, if you're interested in that, or if you just want to support my ministry, uh, this program, the work that I do, then again, you can go to patreon.com forward slash theology and raw and uh, support for as little as five bucks a month. And seriously, those of you who are supporting, uh, just uh, super, super grateful for you. I've so enjoyed getting to know you through that platform as best we can. Uh, some of the conversations we have on Patreon are really um, awesome. And you guys are just, um, yeah, you keep this podcast going. So on the show today is uh, my friend, Steve Patton. He's uh, on for the second time. In fact, he was on the episode uh, number 614. If you want to listen to the first episode that I had um, Steve Patton on, that's episode number 614. And, and now you can get to it through your iTunes um, podcast app. So Steve, and I, kind of, I told the story um, in, in, in our discussion, but uh, long story short, um, <laughs> I was challenged to have a conversation about Kanye West and white evangelicalism. And Steve caught wind that I was exploring uh, that conversation. And he said, hey, bro, I got lots of thoughts on that. So that's why he's on the show. He's going to lead us in a conversation about Kanye West and white evangelicalism. It was a fascinating conversation. I, I'm a little nervous <laughs> um, because he, I mean, Steve had some great thoughts and he did not shrink back from giving those thoughts. Um, and uh, Steve is a, has been a church planner, a pastor, a great thinker. He's active on social media and just, uh, he's just a well thought out dude and an incredible preacher too, by the way. So please welcome to the show for the second time, my good friend, Steve Patton. Okay, I am uh, back with my friend Steve Patton. Steve, this is, you've been on before at least once. I think just once, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, this is number two. This is number two. All right. So I got a message uh, from a buddy of mine. I, I don't know if he wants me to say who it is publicly, um, but anyway, a buddy of mine texted me and said, dude, you got to talk about. Kanye and white evangelicalism on your podcast. And I was like, man, that that's an interesting <laughs> topic. Yes. Um, but I'm like, I, I don't know if I feel prepared to talk about that. Um, but I think I tweeted that a buddy of mine once wanted me to talk about it, just kind of see what, how people would react to it. And a lot of people kind of, kind of jumped in and said, yeah, uh, I think that'd be a good one. But you jumped in, Steve, and said, hey, I got a lot of thoughts if you want to have a dialogue partner. I said, yes, Yo. I do, because <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm not even sure. And so just I'll tell my audience, you know, I'm not exactly – I haven't really thought too much about it. I haven't really followed – uh, the conversation too much. I mean, obviously I know, you know, he had this conversion experience and pretty, seems pretty radical. Seems from the little I've read, super really genuine. And, and yeah, I do have seen a lot of people kind of now clamoring to sink their claws in, into Kanye. Um, and that's about it. That's about all I, all I know. Um, so I don't even know if I have 
strong opinions about anything. So I'm here uh, with my buddy Steve, and I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna learn. So Steve, why don't you 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 can set this up however you want. If you want to give a background, how however far back you feel like you need to go to to get us up to speed, why don't you just go for it, man? Yeah. So I mean, Kanye and you know white evangelicalism and this 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 weird marriage that's happening. It's a it's a weird it's a it's a weird marriage that I feel on one hand I feel uh afraid I feel afraid I feel afraid for um the church I feel afraid for Kanye I feel afraid for uh the the, the watching public um on another hand I feel uh hopeful for Kanye um and hopeful for the kingdom both kind of all at the same time but for all different reasons yeah okay so that's a thirty thousand foot level i get a bunch of (laughs) keep going keep going (laughs) yeah so all right so i mean i guess to really understand it right you got to go back you got to go back to the beginning right like kanye grew up black in chicago he went to church and if you listen to kanye's music there's always church references, right? I mean, of course there was the, you know, the, the, the song he had, Jesus Walks, which ironically was, was primarily written by a Muslim. You can do with that what you want, right? Ryan Fest primarily wrote Jesus Walks and he's a devout Muslim. So, hmm. right, there, there's already some, some interesting, interesting <laughs> thoughts there, right? But he had Jesus Walks and there's always church and Jesus references in his music, right? Like on, um, uh, I think it was on Diamonds from Sierra Leone where he was like, uh, the preacher said we need leaders right then. My body got still like a paraplegic, right? Huh. Uh, said he, no, he got a, no, he got uh, got baptized, let the water wash over my Caesar, huh. right? So he's, he, there's always been these references to to Jesus and, and to church. And then as, as time went on, you start, especially after the death of his mom, he's trying to grasp at stuff. And then you hear him talking about um, right now he don't need drugs no more. It's just sex and religion. Hmm. No more drugs for me. Uh, edited version. Sex and religion is all I need. None, <laughs> right? It's always <clears throat> yeah. no church in the wild, right? There's always there's always been these uh, religious overtones to his music. <clears throat> so then you fast forward the clock to uh, last year. Um, all these, you know, this because because Kanye is by and large, despite in spite of all his other influences like EDM and punk and uh, uh, electronic music, like all these other influences, Kanye has still always tried to curate a black music experience in his music, mm-hmm. right? Um, so when he started doing the Sunday service stuff, I was like, well, yeah, duh. I mean, of course, now let me back up. His involvement in specifically white evangelicalism started picking up a bit married Kim, Kim, Kim Kardashian, Rich Wilkerson did their wedding. Um, <clears throat> so his, 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 his feet, he started going to their church, right? So he started dipping his foot in that world uh, even more. And so one in, in Kanye being the black music experience curator that he is, he starts doing gospel music. I mean, he said like five years ago that he was going to do a gospel album and eventually he was only going to do stuff for the church. Right. And this was when he was, <clears throat> this is when he was still, you know, out there. So he does the uh, Sunday service 
ceremonies or services, whatever you want to call them, right? They think he calls them service, so we'll call them Sunday services. Okay. Um, not church stuff. They were just, they weren't church services, but they were experiences. You know, they, he wanted to use lighting to impact how people would feel and music and moods and all of that, weaving all he's learned about texture and, and all of that into the experience to try to create some kind of, I think he told Letterman um, on, ne- on the show on Netflix that he was trying to create some some healing experiences, right? And using the light and other textures and feels to, you know, influence how we feel to lead towards some healing. <clears throat> so he's doing those and I'm watching and I'm like, okay, yeah, Kanye, you know, he dabbling into the religious stuff now, like deeper, okay. And so he does Coachella. And out of Kanye's own mouth in the interview, I think it was with Zane Lowe, um, he said it was, so he's already doing these, these services for like five, six months. Uh-huh. And it was before the one he did on Coachella was the one where he felt like, you know, God was calling him into something and he wanted to give his life to Jesus. That's when he, that's, that's what he counts as his conversion experience. So he, so even though he has this long history of church and gospel, he, he himself locates would pinpoint his convert. He would say he wasn't converted then in, in, in his own words. I mean, in, in his words, I think the way he described it is um, living his life for God. Okay. Right. Okay. So uh, to me and you, yeah, we, we would count that as like, you know, right. when you're for real about your conversion. Yeah. Okay. Right. Not answering the altar call and doing the prayer or going your way, but like saying, I'm going to give my life to God. Right. right but he wasn't he completely was- outside the church culture or even the, the church in general. Um, he would just maybe locate his personal kind of conversion experience more recently. Yeah. Again, so he's, he church adjacent, you know what I'm saying? He's, right. it's, it's, it's there, but he was never really like, you know, he would say stuff like, uh, uh, you know, we formed a new religion, no sins, unless it's there, unless there's permission. Hmm. Wow. Deception is the only telling deception is the only felony. So don't sleep with nobody without telling me. Right. Huh. Like he would say stuff like that in his music. So I would, I would not say that he was in the, in the church. Right. right? But uh, you know, when he did the Yeezus album, um, he was at like Rich Wilkerson's church. Rich, Rich Wilkerson even helped him craft his, his stage thing, which is a discussion for another day that we don't have to get into uh, that, that, that white evangelical, white evangelicalism helped him plan that his own self-described blasphemous concert. But this, <laughs> We can maybe dive we, into that as part I don't of know, man. You piqued my interest. We can maybe come back to that, but I don't want to just uh, say we're not going to go there. I can't throw that grenade and leave it there. No. <laughs> All right, but, keep going. No, uh, but, but I guess I, I guess to speak to that, right? It's that is part of the thing that as you look at what's happening now, right? Since he's made this confession of faith and made this public confession of faith and put out two gospel albums you know, since then, and, you know, dude's not been, in his, in his own words, right, he ain't been living it like that for less, for a year, right, we're less than a year in to, from Coachella, you know, last Easter, okay, so, and a friend of mine was actually at that, like, a co-worker of mine was actually at that show, he was like, man, that show was incredible, hmm. um, and he's not a believer either, he just thought it was a really good experience, um, but, you know, since since all of that, and now he's you know he he went on the he was already on the Trump train, which we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, his whole thing it, it now, 
and how you know he's doing the stuff with Joel Osteen and mm-hmm. and, and like white evangelicalism helping crafting that that concert. Mm-hmm. It's because on the white evangelicalism side of things, mirrored with Kanye, there's this need to wield power. Right? Is this need to wield power and influence? Mm-hmm. Right? Power influence. That's the name of the game. That's that's the chief currency in that world. It's not even necessarily money, right? Huh. It's power and influence. Right? That's their that's the idol. Power and influence is the idol of white evangelicalism. Hmm. And I say that as a black man who is a survivor of white evangelicalism. <laughs> it, it, it is the right. It is the currency of white evangelicalism. So here's an opportunity for someone to uh, uh, hitch their wagon to one of the largest, one of the biggest artists in the world. Yeah. And regardless of if his stuff is blasphemous or not, it's referencing Jesus. So for them, that's enough to want to like you know latch their hook to it. And, you know, hitch their wagons to it, and now they can say, "Hey, you know, I was involved with this." Simultaneously, uh, I got a book coming out, and simultaneously, I got a uh, re- like there was a reality TV show coming, right? So there was all of that being able to hitch their wagon to that 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 power mm-hmm. and that influence, and simultaneously, that's what that's what Ye wants. Hmm. Like he wants, I would say, power, influence, and acceptance. So you're not right. saying that Kanye is simply a victim of the power and influence drive of white evangelicalism. You're you're saying that he too is is like it, it's it's a it's a mutual kind of relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and would you say so? So would you? And this is you know in your perspective, your opinion, or whatever. I mean, do you see Kanye uh, going? going towards white evangelicals and because he sees more power and influence there than say going back to his sort of, you know, black gospel Chicago kind of roots or. No, I think it's twofold. I think it's twofold. I think um, one, he goes, he goes to the white evangelical slash right wing conservative side of things um, on one hand, because he's been rejected by the, by the air quote liberal. I hate that yeah. phrase, yeah. but right. But, for the sake of common language, liberal side, right? Like when Obama dissed Kanye, that hit him harder than I think anyone publicly is willing to accept. I mean, Kanye said it, right? He Wait, said so- I was an Obama nation, Obama's nation, but that's a really bad way to start a conversation. Wait, wait. So the, in in so I'm not familiar with this because again, I'm, I haven't followed Kanye at all. So um, so how? Well, yeah, he Obama dissed Kanye. Yeah, I think he called him a jerk or something like that. But yeah, there was a like Obama dissed Kanye huh. publicly. Wow. Right. He he had he said something negative uh, about Kanye. So that coupled with right when he the backlash that he got going back to, you know, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Yeah. Right. He got super backlash from that. Right. And then he got dissed by Obama. Right. So now it's like, well, what what do I do? I didn't I didn't mean to offend the people that I offended what I said, what I said. And now here's these other people that I thought I was trying to latch on to. And then they dissed me. And not only is this like this, there's the first black president who's from my town. Hmm. 
right? He's from yeah. my city that I put on for. Yeah. Like we both supposed to put on respect. And then he just, and then he, you know, the most powerful man in the world. And he dis the 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 person, at least in Kanye's mind, he's the most powerful artist in the world, right? So mm-hmm. now you've, right? He he's struck. He had no home. And then he goes on, uh, the uh, Watch the Throne album, and he says, you know, um, with talk, talking about his future children, if he has a son, saying I'm gonna. Uh, I might even tell him to vote Republican hmm. just so they know that he loves white people. So the whole Trump kind of thing going on in Kanye, which was what, like a year ago, a couple of years ago or something. And, you know, he's sporting, About- sporting the MAGA hat. So you're saying that, that, that that's 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 got a that, that's the tip of the iceberg. There, there's a lot going on for the last couple of decades that kind of played into him going that route. Right. Or- on top of the fact Kanye, one of the things that is consistent throughout Kanye's career is you're not going to tell him what he's not going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Regardless of if if he should do it or not. Right. He would do things that, no, you shouldn't do that. (laughs) But he would do it anyway, because you're not going to tell him what he's not going to (laughs) do. And now you're telling him you're black. You can't support Trump. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Who are you to tell me that I can't support anybody that I want to support? If I want to support him, I should be able to support him because I want to. Obama didn't support me. Look what happened when I went over here to support them. Look what happened. And now you're telling me I can't support them? Why not? Why is it wrong for me to kind of appreciate that aspect of God? No, like I look at I that, I'm like, <laughs> dude, he's not playing the tribal game. He's not going to be stuffed in this little box. He's not going to let other people play the kind of like identity politics and say, oh, this is who you are and this is who you must be. And this is who you must, like, I don't know. I got to appreciate that about it. Even though I'm not a Trump fan at all. I mean, right now here's what I, why that scares me though. Yeah. Because he's experienced on the, you know, uh, whatever side, you know, liberal side, you know, mainstream side, right. That's what you can't do. Right. And he's used to that kind of legalism from the, mm-hmm you know, from the, you know, from, from the left. Yeah. Cause that's what that is. That's legalism. Yeah. 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 What he's not experienced yet is the legalism on the right. When mm-hmm. they start telling, when they start telling him what he can and can't do, what he can and can't support, yeah. where he can and can't go, where he can and can't do shows. It's going to backfire. Now here, but here's my question is will white evangelicalism, um, Will will they uh, place those kind of standards on him for fear, you know, or will they just let Kanye be Kanye so that they can have Kanye? Like, because if they rock the boat a little too much, they might lose him. Or when has white evangelicalism <laughs> ever <laughs> let somebody else dictate the terms yeah. to them or what they are, what they are not going to be? Uh, that's a good How'd point. that go for Francis Chan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's that going for right? How's that yeah. going for how's that going for anybody when they when 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 they do anything that's not uh hey, you can't go over there with them. You can't you can't yeah. sit with like you don't even know what's going on over here, but yeah. You gonna tell me that I that I just how'd that go for Lecrae? Yeah. <laughs> so I here's I, I have I do have a, a clarifying question, and I'm sure my audience is probably asking this. Like when you say white evangelicalism, 
you know, what are you saying? Obviously, you're not saying every white evangelical. Um, when, when I hear you saying white evangelicals, it's almost like this, like I can picture and probably name the, the kinds of tribes you're talking about. Um, it's, it's almost like Republican celebrity driven, yeah, or even Joel Osteen, like those kind of big mega kind of power driven. Um, but certainly I wouldn't, you know, if I wouldn't, if you went into like an, uh, a white uh, Anabaptist church in Canada or something, you know, they're, they're going to be maybe left leaning or moderate. They're not going to be Trump voters. They're going to be not, they're going to be, they're going to feel very different than the, than what you're labeling white evangelicalism. Would that, would that be an accurate assessment or, or I'm, I'm putting words in your, why don't you unpack what you mean by white evangelicalism? No, you're, 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 you're about spot on. Like, I feel like, all right, too deep of, not, well, probably too deep of an answer. Right. But I'd say this just to clarify on vocabulary. Yeah. I remember I talked to this guy one time, he worked for the dictionary. He worked for, he worked for Webster's Dictionary, and it was the year that I talked to him. It was the year they put "bootylicious" into the English lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they pick a word every year to put in, and "bootylicious" was the was the word that year. Um, As it should be, no. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Shout out to Beyonce, getting, changing the language. Um, and so I asked him how did he feel about "bootylicious" going into the dictionary. Right, I didn't like it, but I wonder how he felt. He said he didn't have a problem with it at all. And I was thrown off by that. I was like, why do you say that? He said, because the dictionary is not, the dictionary does not define the words that we use. The dictionary is a written history of how we use words. It's a result of usage, not a cause of usage. Right, right. The dictionary doesn't tell us what a word means. It just documents how we use it. Mm. So just as, just as Tim Keller has been, uh, you know, great at redefining what the word religion is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in the last probably 10 or so years, 10 to, no, nah, not 10 years, since Bush, I'd say since Bush, uh, since Bush, the word evangelical doesn't mean what it used to mean. Right. So like those original definitions of, yeah. of evangelical, you really only checked about four or five boxes to be clear. Cl- to classify as an evangelical, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do you believe the Bible's true? Do you want to share your faith, right? If you check off a cup, check off those boxes, you're an evangelical. Yeah, but it's, you're it's, primarily it's, centered around you know sharing your faith yeah. and holding traditional you know uh, biblical views. Um, that's not the definition today. It's way more political today, right? Absolutely. I mean, I don't. If you're a, a Christian who is left of center theologically and a Democrat. You probably wouldn't even call yourself an evangelical. Like I, I feel like it has such a distinct Republican white kind of flavor to it, right? I mean, there are many things that are on the, uh, you know, if we were checking off boxes of beliefs that I would subscribe to on uh, that 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 many who would consider themselves white evangelicals would. Uh, there are also other things that I'm convinced, especially from my time of pastoring, that there yeah. are people who consider themselves white evangelicals that don't check even some of the core boxes of what an evangelical is. Like, yeah. hey, sharing your faith, like evangelism is core to evangelicalism. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't believe that you even can or should in, in any way. Yeah. Or, and in practice, even if you check the box in practice, you don't. Right. So there's so that's, that's why I say like the definition of what uh, uh, evangelical is, is so 
different. And again, I attribute a lot of that to, um, uh, I can't think of his name, the, the dude that put together George Bush's campaign. Um, Bush Jr., right? No, uh, Bush Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bush Jr. Um, yeah. I forget his name, but yeah, that that dude, hmm. that was evil. But you know, he, you know, it's interesting. Which I mean, it's actually makes sense now. So, like last year, I was in Cleveland at, at a largely uh, black church doing a conference, and I met with a bunch of pastors, all African American, before uh, the conference. We had a great, great conversation. I'm one of the guys who was a brilliant dude. I mean, this guy was off the chart who's read everything, he kept referring to himself as, you know, back in the days when I used to be, when I was an evangelical, he kept referring to evangelical as something he came out of. But mm-hmm. he was theologically, he was in, very conservative, and we'd line up on all kinds of stuff. And finally, I said, what, what do you mean by evangelical? Because he keeps saying you're not, but then you're talking very evangelical. <laughs> and it was, it was exactly this. It was when he left kind of more of a, I don't know if he, he would say like white dominated, but more kind of a Republican political kind of, socially conservative uh, brand of, of, yeah. of white culture, white culture. You know, yeah. Western, Western white culturally dominated yeah. Christianity where, where cultural values and even things that are called biblical values aren't driven by what scripture says is true um, is driven by what's true of culture and mm. true tr- what's normative for their culture. And then they use scripture to back it up. Yeah. Right. Like, like, Scripture does not create a normative of a, um, you know, a, a biblical mandate that a man should, man should be the only one who works and a woman should be the one in the house raising children, yeah. right? That's a very white middle-class 1950s cultural, you know, Americana view. Yeah. However, let them tell it. If you're not that, you're not a good Christian. You're, you're definitely not a good man and you're, 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 and you're not a good Christian if your wife works. Like I was in, in a setting one time where uh, uh, a, a, a woman said, right, the pastor's wife, uh, the lead pastor's wife said, if you, um, talking, talking about women, because we were talking about the tension in the church of wives who work, right? <laughs> of, all the pro- <laughs> of all the things going on in the church, that's... The- <laughs> Oh my gosh. So the wife says, if you're, if you're a mom who works, I question if you love your children. Wow. Right. Now me and few other people, we were high key offended and uh, we spoke up right. My wife beat me to it. (laughs) Usually I'm like, babe, let me handle this. She looked at me. She was like, no, I got this. this. I'm going in. (laughs) Right. So, but, but those are the kinds of things, right. We talk about white evangelicalism. It's like, it's cultural, you know, it's white cultural norms become, uh, uh, become the driver of what is allegedly biblically true. Right. It's a culture created largely by white evangelicals. So, so that you can, you can be, you can even be part of that culture and not even be white and still, or you can be white evangelical and not be a white evangelical in that cultural sense that you're talking about oh say that again like, like you can like there's like you you can be not white and still be of that culture and buy into it, and, play into it. and vice versa you can be you can be white and and not resonate with that culture like i, I mean i would say I, the, yeah yeah i would be criticized by white evangelical culture even though i'm as white as it can be um because i don't <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't match up to the cultural that's been created in the wake of yes largely white leadership Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I know some. I know some white dudes that are that are Christian that are, and and I, and I don't mean like you know they've they lean super left. No, yeah. Uh, some do, but I don't mean they, that they lean super left or anything. They are just culturally like, now nah, I, I don't jive with that at right. all. Right, like my guy Alex early, like Alex white. Alex is a white dude. Like he's like he's a white dude, right? <laughs> love that guy, but is he? And he's a Christian. Like love yeah. like that dude. What like over the years, somebody I've grown to love and respect through and through. That dude is not even. He's not evangelical. He's not a white evangelical. <laughs> yeah. Not a white evangelical at all. Yeah. Um, and then I know too. For a while, I was. In my in my attempts, and we can save this for another podcast. Uh, but in my attempts to bring a form of uh, the type of reform that I think uh, is needed in the church with regard to you know multi ethnic church, mm-hmm. uh, in, re- in in my attempt to reform the white evangelical church towards multiculturalism, I was absolutely in uh, white evangelicalism. I was in white evangelicalism. Yeah. Um, I kind of had foot in, foot out for the purposes of trying to bring reform in it. Mm-hmm. Um, a fight I am no longer willing to fight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that yeah, I, I hate. Yeah, I hate that. Well, we we do we need to get back to Kanye, but may, maybe yes. we can uh, tag that because I. Cause, I mean, you, your story is fascinating because I mean, you you started out on the non-white evangelical, you know, like very anti, yeah. right? And then you swung yeah. all the way, not all the way, but I mean, with one foot in, one foot out, and then. Yeah, I'd be curious, maybe your reflections where you're at now. But but let's yeah, yeah. let's maybe set that aside. Yeah. Let's get back to Kanye. So, if if I can summarize and we can keep going, um, it's the grasp toward power and influence that um, is underlying a lot of the kind of Kanye interest and craze. And and I Absolutely. also hear you saying like white evangelicalism ha- hasn't really considered like his maybe his his as if he just kind of like his church experience has just kind of happened like six months ago where like he does have a long history here that people haven't really considered. But at the same time, what they're not considering is that yes, he's only been a Christian since April. The dude got saved. Imagine. So imagine, right. Imagine for the, for the pastors that are listening, right. Imagine you have Easter service, Easter Sunday, right. It's, it's, it's Super Bowl Sunday for you as a church. Right. Everything is going great. Everything is going fine. Uh, services are going incredible. And then somebody gets up and whatever your whatever your mechanism is to call people to faith, be it an altar call, uh, be it, um, you know, grabbing lunch with you to discuss following Jesus, whatever your whatever your mechanism is to catch people who feel like either a they're making a decision for Jesus or. Uh, you know, they, they feel irresistibly drawn to follow Jesus now, whatever, you, whatever that is, right, your mechanism to capture that on that Sunday, right, last Easter, 2019. Six months later, you're giving him a platform and you're taking him on tour and letting him preach to your congregations mm. and uh, going on your book tours with you. And when you get invited to preach, you take him with you and you, and you got him going all out and preaching now. Yeah. As a pastor, <laughs> you would feel like you were mishandling the sheep. You should feel yeah. like you're mishandling the sheep. That person is a novice. That dude went to Bible study one time, and now yeah. you're like, yo, you're a leader. 
Yeah. How, has it, you, you wouldn't take the guy who was the CEO at um, a Fortune 500 company and said, hey, now that he's someone who has clearly some leadership capabilities, and you wouldn't turn around six months later and put him on your executive team. Hmm. If you do, you're a charlatan. Like, I'm just going to call you out on that. Like, if you do, you are using people. Now, that might actually be more common in white evangelicalism, actually, because power and influence. But at least as long as it remains hypothetical, yeah, you say you wouldn't do that. But in practice, doing it with Kanye right now. Would you say it wouldn't happen in, 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 a, in a black church? Like, they, they wouldn't um, be... Uh, I'll say using or, you know, lurching after Kanye in the same way that white evangelicals are. Do you see a difference? So here's the way I would see it. The, the way it would happen, um, the way it happened in the, in the black church. Now let's, okay. So if, for this example, we're going to remove the, uh, we're going to remove the uh, uh, white evangelicalism embracing from this equation for now. Okay. Right. Because the black church views it, very interestingly because they're like they're looking at it like yo they're using you really like they look at it and okay. see it like brother using you what are you what are you doing huh. like what are you doing like they're clearly using you now the black church would absolutely be quick to forgive and embrace kanye quick on that the black church a lot of times to a fault um quick to forgive someone in their uh the the process from uh, repentance to restoration is short hmm. traditionally in the black church, right? Uh, especially if you've got a gift. Now, Kanye likely would be somebody's choir director right away. <laughs> 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 he, he, he would, no, even if he's not the director, he would be in the music ministry okay. right away. Probably wouldn't be director right away because that would just look bad. Uh, but, but he'd be involved in music ministry right away. But that's largely where it would stop. Wouldn't nobody be up there asking him his thoughts about a thing. They would just say, Hey, you make the way they would use him is say, Hey, you make music. Let's make music. Mm-hmm. All right. Cause the black church is great for letting some, cause it's, it's funny. The black church is historically homophobic. Yeah. And historically the producers, and, and promoters and supporters of a whole lot of gay black gospel singers. <laughs> <laughs> it will go just like this. You know he, but he can sing though, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we will, like we will tell you it's a sin and you going to hell with no question. Coming up next, right? But before he repented, right? Coming up next, Donnie McClurkin. Right. <laughs> so they're very generous yeah. with uh, their their, very generous their, with their uh, offering a hand to the music ministry. Yeah, very. But it would stop there, right? Mm-hmm. It, and they would now would they leverage him like, hey, we got some killer music. Mm-hmm. You need to come through for the music for sure. Yeah, no question. But are they going to put him out there for his to, to promote his ideas and his yeah. views? No. Like he would still be expected to to be like the the pastor, the elders, the deacons would still be his authority. Like. Ain't no way he's going to get into that level anytime soon. Okay. No, not at all. Not, not at all. Yeah. Let me ask you this. How much of the, so 
all I know is that he's on stage with Joel Osteen and Osteen's really, you know, going after him. Is that, I mean, but I, I know a lot of people, even a lot of people within white evangelicalism who would be extremely critical of, of Joel Osteen, who wouldn't be, you know, who, who, who wouldn't want to claim him as their own. Um, ha, has there been pushbacks from within white evangelicalism to kind of his rush to the stage, you know, so quickly? Only the ones who, okay, so I'll say this. I, w- I, won't, I won't be as snarky as I was about to be. Um, <laughs> It's theology in the raw, bro. You can do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I know people who were, like, I personally know people who are critical of Joel Osteen. Yeah. White, you know, white evangelicals. Yeah. Who are critical of Joel Osteen, who were at that Kanye show at Joel Osteen's church. Oh, come on. Seriously? <laughs> That's serious. Uh Serious. Yeah. I mean, other people there, white evangelicals from Houston, critical of Joel Osteen. The first time they went to Lakewood was for the Kanye concert. Yeah. Free concert, man. <laughs> hey, free concert or Kanye? Come on, man. <laughs> Can't miss that. I gotta be there for that, man. Uh, <laughs> I gotta show that I'm in the know. I gotta show that I'm in the circles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where is this um so you're, um, are you faulting Kanye or are you putting the fault more on the people that are, you know, grasping onto him? So my fault is more on them than him. Okay. Because again, if we get back to, especially his need for acceptance. Okay. Right. So let's, let's, let's say, let's say his conversion is real, right? Let's set aside the fact he, Surely hasn't repented from his arrogance, <laughs> right? <laughs> Humility is not a mark of his life yet, which it shouldn't be. He's a new believer, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Which the Bible says is the reason why he shouldn't be in leadership because he's a new believer. Yeah, because right. that just gonna go to his head. Yeah, <laughs> and he don't need nothing else to go to his head, right? <laughs> so, and I'll, I and I want to address that quickly soon too. But right, so he's got this need to be accepted. Right. And he's put his faith in if his conversion is legit. Right. Yeah, he should have a need to be accepted because that's what you, you get saved to God and to his people. So, right. yeah, he should feel like he's got somewhere he should be able to go and latch on to and grow with and all of that. Right. Now, he's got all this other stuff going on. Where these people he's latching on to should have a system in place that deals with, you know, how do you deal with new believers, people aspiring towards leadership? Cause make no mistake about it. The dude is aspiring towards leadership. It's one of my great fears for him. Uh, if you listen to him, the dude wants to essentially start a cult, but we can go there in a second. Um, <laughs> right. This, it should be all of these, you know, uh, solid leadership and, you know, accountability and, and all of these mechanisms in place for the stuff that could go wrong to not happen because the community that he's a part of has all of these things. That's this, this community that, that, that has, you know, a multi-millennia history uh, has stuff in place that should be able to have guardrails to keep him healthy as he's trying to navigate all of this stuff that he's got to navigate, but they don't use them. They don't use those guardrails. They don't leverage that leadership. They don't do all the stuff that they should, right? The stuff is there. So I fault them, mm-hmm. right? I fault them. I yeah. don't, I, you know, if a guy accidentally walks into a 
uh, walks into an airport with a gun in his backpack. You know, he might have legit went hunting or something. They went shooting and he put the gun in his pack, you know, hanging with his boys. They went, you know, they went target shooting and he forgot to take the gun out of his backpack. Um, I fault him a little bit for forgetting to take the gun out of his pack. But if the gun makes it onto the plane, I fault TSA. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Kanye's got the gun. The church of the TSA is supposed to be the securities checkpoints to to guard him from himself and him from us in the times where it's harmful and they're not doing it yeah yeah so so he's he's aspiring for leadership you're saying he he's not just wanting to be a a converted singer artist now gospel singer whatever that's gonna uh, be on stage as a singer he actually wants to be in like i mean like intellectual or pastoral kind of leadership like at that at that level he wants to create, like, if you listen to him, he wants to create a society. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's got all his land. He's thinking about the architecture for the land. Um, he tried to build it in Calabasas. It didn't work because of building permits. Hmm. Uh, they told him he couldn't build his building too high. So he left Calabasas and went out to the mountains of Montana. And he's trying to build it out there. And he tried to grow his own. Uh, he wants to have a fully sustained society where they grow their own stuff. Uh, they grow their own um materials are so close he's trying to figure out how to grow blue blue cotton and junk like that right yeah um right and this isn't like weird conspiracy theory stuff like i'm only saying the stuff that he said like right, you listen right. to his interviews like this is the stuff that he's talked about so you know the forbes interview and the zane low interview like this is the stuff that he's talked mm-hmm. about right he wants to create this society he wants to be a leader he said he wants to be the greatest christian artist ever Right. He wants to top Rembrandt and, and all of these other great Christian artists. He wants to be seen as the apex of them all. Um, he wants to be an apex leader and he wants to create this society. And people are listening to him and people are, 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 are uh, my fear is, you know, people are following him and like, wait. And so you got all of that and you got this dude with a huge amount of hubris <laughs> armed with the God said card. Yeah. Right. Like, like if you peep, there was a clip somebody released when he was at Joel Osteen's church and uh, he was preaching because that's what he's doing. He was preaching. And um, somebody was, you know, somebody was giving him an amen from the crowd. You know, somebody was excited. Amen. Preach. Yeah. Yeah. And he stopped him. (laughs) He stopped him. He said, I'm trying to be brother. I'm asking, can you, can you not do that? Can you not do that? Because, I'm trying to receive from God right now. I'm trying to let him flow through me right now. And I don't need those distractions. I need it quiet so that I can be a vessel so God can flow through me right now and speak, speak the words through me right now. So don't, don't interrupt that. Right. And people applauded that and then stopped. But I'm like, okay, so what you're saying is the words that are coming out of your mouth, you're just being just from heaven and out your mouth. Yeah. Wow. Right. You've armed the person with the biggest ego with the God said card. Wow. Yeah. And that, that wouldn't go, I mean, to, to tell people not to say amen, that, that can only work in a white church, right? <laughs> it's not going to work in a For real. You got one, little, church, one little white dude in the front row, amen, you know? <laughs> That's only going to work in white culture, right? You come in, you come in the black church, case of amen. Like, sit there and be quiet. Out. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a church mother in the back saying, you can't stop her, amen. <laughs> you can't stop my hallelujah. Uh, so, <laughs> so 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my. That's just some of my thoughts on Kanye. It's com- It's complex, right? Yeah. It's a. It's it's a dangerous marriage. Um, that I think is, um, on some aspects, mutual usury. Mm-hmm. Right, one using the other. Um, one, you know, is basically Donald Trump's. Look at my African American. Right. <laughs> Look at my African American over there. <laughs> right. Oh, Trump! I he, I he that's probably the most excited he's ever been when he saw Kanye <laughs> sporting the MAGA hat. Oh my word! <laughs> but see, here's where it's going to go weird. Here's one area where I think it's going to go weird. Right. Kanye still talks about social justice. Huh. He still talks about prison reform. Heavy. The song with him and Fred Hammond, he's just going in about prison reform. Huh. Right? And so that's going to, like, you can't start talking about prison reform without getting into the, the prison industrial complex. Yeah. Right? The school, the pipeline, prison, right? Like, once you start getting into all of that, like, and then being from Chicago, like, you're only going to go so far um, without getting into the points that white evangelicalism is uncomfortable talking about. Which that could be a good thing. Could that be a good thing? I mean, he could be smuggling in some challenging things into the white evangelical complex. No, no, that ain't <laughs> how it work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that ain't how it work. You can't, you can't smuggle in with them. Yeah. It is what it is. You can't smuggle in with them. It's they'll, they'll tolerate a certain amount. And then as soon as this like, wait, this is wildly uncomfortable for me. There's no, there's no changing. I'm not changing. You are. You're not changing. You got to go. Let me, let me give you a parallel. I think so. Like when John Piper started talking about racial reconciliation, um, you know, his his book bloodlines, you know, and, and really push, push some people's thinking pretty hard, but it only could go so far. Once Lecrae starts tweeting about here, you know, here's my, here's my ancestors on 4th of July, 200 years ago, <laughs> picking cotton. And I mean, he's did several things where he kind of like people said, we're willing to go kind you know, here, but don't take us here. Um, and so now you see a lot of kind of backlash where I, th- I, th- I thought 10 years ago, there was even a lot of inroads in the Southern Baptist church and, and just kind of more reformed circles with racial reconciliation. But it seems like, yeah, as long as it's kind of under our own terms, you know, like, as long as I don't have to change. Right. <laughs> and I, I don't want to say that categorically, but I, I have seen like, it's like racial, racial reconciliation with, with underneath a white evangelical umbrella. Like don't change our white reform culture. Don't change our, our white reform music. Don't, you know, uh, our leadership still is going to be largely white. Um, but, but Hey, we, we need to have racial reconciliation. I, again, yeah, I, I, I applaud you need the be- first step, but it's like, I think it's a lot more complicated than that. But, yeah, they say we need racial reconciliation. You need to be more like us. <laughs> Done. <laughs> is that do you, okay? I, I, why don't you just keep going there for a little bit? I think this is important enough to to hear. Yeah, and I, and I think it's pertinent to the Kanye conversation. Yeah, um, it's be like us. Yeah, absolutely. You can. We can. Yeah, we let's have racial reconciliation. Let's reconcile. Um, and then when you start talking about what what needs to be reconciled, it's like yeah, you need to be more like us in that. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't have to change that. You need to change that. Mm. You you need to as as long as you're this is it. Yeah. 
this this was something that and, and it's a conversation that me and many minorities uh, minorities uh, kind of in that space have. Um, you be yourself. Oh no 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 not like that not like that. Don't be yourself like that. Be yourself like me. <laughs> be your just be the brown version of me. Yeah. Okay, that's what I need you to do. I need you to be the brown <laughs> version of me. You be the brown version of me. I'm all for racial reconciliation. So you're you're speaking from would you I mean experience from talking to people. I mean, you you get a, you've you know especially when you were church planning and a pastor you pastored in three different three different cities right I mean and mm-hmm. hard, hard like <laughs> um well okay let me ask you this uh because I think my my audience is gonna is largely white not I mean I, I don't know the percentages but a lot of white people that I think are gonna resonate with what you're saying actually so um. What would true racial reconciliation look like in a church? Give, give us like concrete, like he, here's what a, a healthy version of that would look like. Yeah, I mean, it would look like church leadership uh, being uh, equal, being equally diverse, right? It's you know people of color, uh, you know, and and white people together leading together uh, as you know as equals, right? Mm-hmm. Where. <clears throat> The white man doesn't have more voice than the than the black man or the Latino or the Asian man. They're 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 equals, mm-hmm. um, and the black person isn't the black the black and Latinos aren't brought in to speak about racial stuff. Uh, <laughs> they're brought in to speak about stuff, right? They're brought in to speak about. Uh, we're going to hear from our you know here's our <laughs> like here's here's one attempt one attempt that I always see done and I think from a good place, but. They get the one, especially if they're a foreign ethnic minority, right? If they're like not from America, oh man, we got a missions trip coming up. You get to give the announcement about that. (laughs) Oh man, we about to go, we we about to go paint fences with brown people. Let's put up a brown person to tell them about it, right? (laughs) Like it's, (laughs) you know, you know, it's, hey, let's have the, uh, let's have the Asian do the financial update every time. (laughs) People trust Asians in numbers. That's how the Asian dude get the financial update every time. That's all. That's the only time we hear from them. Not for announcements. Not for baptisms. None of that. Yeah. You do the money. No, you don't baptize anybody. We don't want you teaching. You don't lead no Bible studies. Hmm. Nope. Give us a financial update. That's your job. That's it. Right. Yeah. Like. So where where there's right so where there's genuine mutuality, uh, where people are allowed to where a church has a theological culture that allows people to navigate their cultural, their own cultural norms through the lens of the Bible without having to adapt the the dominant group's culture, Mm -hmm. right? Where a Somalian family can come into the church and navigate their own cultural issues through the Bible without having to adopt, Mm -hmm. uh, being what it's like to live like a white person mm-hmm. right they can keep their they can keep the the, the parts of their culture that aren't anti-biblical mm-hmm. right but they're able to navigate that in a way uh, as they live that out they're not seen as being in sin mm-hmm. because uh they don't do it the way the depending on where you are white people live like here where i live uh now, I don't think it's good to yell at your kids in public. I don't think it's, I don't think you've committed this grave sin. Yeah. I just don't think it's good. Like, don't do that. Like that, 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 yeah. 
That's embarrassing, you know? Yeah. But I don't think you committed this grave sin. But in Seattle, yell at your kids in public? Oh, my gosh. First of all, to have more than two kids in public might be a, yeah. might be a sin in Seattle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but to yell at, like, to yell at your kids in public? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How dare you? You should be a better parent. Like God, Jesus doesn't like that. Jesus, right? So there's, but like you come from, you know, you, you come from another country. It's hey, get over here. Hurry yeah. up. Yeah. Right. We we think about all the stuff we need to keep you safe from. I don't need. To, I don't have time to figure out your love language. No, get over here and don't run into the street. Yeah. <laughs> right. But being able to navigate those cultural differences in a way where you won't be uh, villainized yeah. for for navigating it. Uh, for navigating it different, right? Um, those those are those are just some of the things. Yeah, right? those are, those are just some of the things. Man, how about being, being to... one thing I've tried to learn, and I, I'm on a journey. I'm growing, and there's so many blind spots I have. But even just understanding, just church culture, modern church culture, does have a distinct whiteness to it. Um, you know, I don't know. I could several things I can say, but I mean, the music for one, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it, it's, and I don't want to, again, I, I don't want to speak categorically, like all white people have like this kind of music, or whatever, but like it, it, it does, you, you go into a largely, you know, black church or a, a church of more color where white is a minority and it's just, it's going to feel different. It's probably gonna be much longer. It's going to be more vibrant. People are going to be speaking back. Like it's just going to have a, a different feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. the songs aren't gonna, all going to be written by white people. And that's going to, I mean, that, that does affect lyrics when it comes from white evangelicalism and, and on and on and on. I, but and yeah. again, I don't, um, there's, there's no, I think just being self-aware of how much our white majority ethnicity, um, affects how we do things. There's a lot of, it's like, you know, it's like the fish in water. He doesn't know what water is. He's, that's all he's known, you know, it's the same exactly. thing, like just being, being able to step outside the water and f- reflect on how somebody who's not white could feel unintentionally, um, uncomfortable or just not feel like they're as a first class, like a first class citizen in this place because they're, they feel like they are in a foreign culture, even though they're fully American and speak English and so on. Man, I remember on that note, right? I remember um, I was at a church. Um, one of the things I was, you know, in part because of passion and then in part kind of assigned to do is just kind of help us, help the church uh, towards being a more diverse church, right? And so we were in San Jose, which is a pretty diverse city, right? It's basically like a yeah. third white, a third Asian, a third Latino, and a little bit African-American, African sprinkled in there, right? Yeah especially where we were, we were kind of in like a lot of the intersection of that physically. And so we were like, man, we got to make some strides quick here. Like they were like, so they just said, you know, Hey, what's, what's just a quick win. What's a quick way where we can like begin to embrace the people that the few that are already here that are, that, that are not like everyone else. I say, Hey, let's get, let's get fella uh, script or scripture reading. Let's do scripture reading in another language, mm-hmm. Spanish. Let's get them up there. We'll put it up in English. So, you know, people who don't speak Spanish can follow along. Uh, but then we'll just let fella get up there. Spanish is his first language. Let him get up there, speak Spanish. He gets up there and dude is like, you know, East San Jose, just like straight up like Mexican, like just Chicano culture dude, yeah. right? Right? 
like he even like thought like deep, right? He just like straight, like I like I loved it. Like, yeah, like yeah. He was himself. Oh, yeah. like I loved it. So they so we was like, yo, let's invite him. He said he'd do it. He gets up there, he reads in Spanish. Mm-hmm. End of the service. White dude comes up to me. He goes, Hey man, I was uncomfortable. Like, what do you mean? Gosh. I mean, I was uncomfortable up there hearing him, you know, read, read, read in read in Spanish, man. I, it just it just made me uncomfortable, man. It's not my first language. Like, I don't even know what he was saying. And it, it just made me uncomfortable. And I said to him, <laughs> So imagine how he feels every Sunday. Yeah. Imagine what his experiences is like yeah. every Sunday. Yeah. The dude just looked at me and went, I've never thought about that. Wow. Well, that's a great response. Did he re- <laughs> I mean, he received it? He took it on the chin. I don't know if he received it. He just, he, he just took it on the chin and walked away. <laughs> oh, man. He, just, he was also the one that would always bring up, hey, man, you know, I don't know what to do with the Trayvon Martin stuff. You know, no. he was that guy too. So, but yeah. Um, do you see, uh, do you have examples of churches doing it well? I mean, of course there is. Um, bit, do you know any off the top of your head or people or whatever? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think Durham Gray out, um, out in Transformation uh, Charlotte, Church. South Carolina, yeah. Yeah, Transformation Church, yeah, yeah. um, uh, Leon's Crump out in Atlanta, Renovation Church, mm. um, Ryan Kwan, uh, up in, uh, in Hayward, California mm. and down in, you know, just down in the South Bay area. Um, uh, trying to think of some other, there, there's a few others that I think are, there's a few others that I think are doing it well from, from the gate. I know, you know, Brian Loritz has had a history of, hmm. of, of, of doing it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's been, I mean, there, there's a few guys that I think are doing it, uh, you know, there's um, there's there's a few. Oh my gosh, uh, oh, Mark Damas, right? Mark Damas. Yeah, I was gonna. Out, yeah, out in Little Rock. Yeah, um, mosaics. I think is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I think they do it. I think they do it well. Low key, people are gonna hate, but I think um, being in the Seattle area. Yeah. Um, Judah Smith. Um, hmm. Every time I go there, I mean, I've been in like I go to their Kirkland, Washington campus, right? Kirk, like. How generic is Kirkland, Washington? It's Costco's, Gen- it's Costco's brand, right? If you want a generic thing, you get the Kirkland brand. Yeah. Like that's that's Kirkland, right? It's generic white culture out there, right? Yeah. But you go into um, you, you you go into their campus over there, and it's I mean it's the most diverse church I've seen in the region. Really? Wow. Yeah. Huh. Um. So so you got those uh, a few of those that that I can think of off top that I think do yeah. it. Um, what, what qu- if, even if they're failing points where they're failing, like they're, they're failing well. Yeah. 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 Right, one more question and I'll let you go, man. Uh, going back to Kanye, I, what, I, where's Kim at on all this? Is she like pastor's wife now? Or what's the, is she, is she uh, do we know anything about her relationship to his story? <laughs> um, from, from here's, so here's just the things that I've seen. The things that I've seen is one, it's caused her to embrace some more of her, um, Armenian roots. Um, so I think she's like going back to like, I, I saw a picture of her where uh, she, I think she was getting baptized back in the Armenian church. Okay. Um, you saying Armenian, like, Armenian, like the ethnicity, not the Armenian, ethnicity, the theological. Not the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very good point to clarify. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so seeing her embrace more of that. Um, I know I've seen Kanye and her talk about publicly, like her not dressing as, uh, <laughs> her not dressing as, uh, uh, I don't know the word you want to use, but. As a Kardashian. Being more covered up. <laughs> <laughs> right, just being more covered up in the you know photos that they post publicly. Well, that that um, is kind of the elephant in the room a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, pastor's wife. This is interesting, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so so there there has been that element. Um, of course, you know, Trump used her as a you know kind of use her platform again, power and influence. Yeah. Like you want to get somebody to talk about prison reform, let's get Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Huh? Oh, well, she did the video because she saw she saw a video and posted it and showed she cared about prison yeah. reform. And her dad used to be a lawyer, so let's talk about let's use her to talk about prison reform because that makes sense. Uh, but no, it's it's again, it's that it's it's white evangelicalism. Yeah, it's that white evangelical conservative Republican leverage influence because who who has more influence than the Kardashians right now? Right, not many. Yeah. Not many. So, and now we've got the husband to a Kardashian. Yeah. Who was already one of the biggest artists in the world. Right. Yeah. If you could add up uh, Kim Kardashian and Kanye's like Twitter following combined <laughs> or just social. I mean, my goodness, they're more, inf- more two of the most, inf- I mean, together, some of those influential people in the world. Yeah. I mean, they got more followers than the Pope. The, the Kardashians leveraged fame for wealth, not the other way around. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like one of them became a billionaire because she came up, she, she came up with her own lipstick line and leveraged her influence for it. And now she's a billionaire. Yeah. Right. Crazy. They leveraged fame for wealth. And so who's got more, who's got more power and influence than them right now? Nobody. Yeah. Right. And I'm convinced just based on little stuff I've seen, little stuff I've heard, you're, you may be hearing the beginnings or the, the beginning of the foundation being laid for um, for uh, Kardashian political life. Oh, really? Yeah. As in Kim? Like... Yeah, at least Kim, if not Kim and Kanye, but at least Kim. Uh, well... Kim hasn't said as many stupid things as Kanye to hang them up on. But I mean, if yeah. the guy who currently is in there if he can get in i don't think well, that's really exactly hard. what i was gonna say we voted trump in the <laughs> office so i i yeah five years ago i would have said no way but i'm like yeah sure why not hey <laughs> let's see what's gonna say got some ideas <laughs> but so but my, my last thoughts on the on kanye and white evangelicalism um i'm fearful because again it's power influence mm-hmm. and they're just leveraging it to promote their own stuff Right, even I've watched white evangelicalism chew up people and throw them away as soon as they disagree. Mm-hmm. Right, I've watched it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Um, so I'm fearful yeah. that that's going to happen to him. I'm fearful that once that once that happens, uh, black believers are going to be like, uh, "Bro, I told you so," and now you're trying to crawl to us to get your foot back. Uh, you was using them. I'm afraid you're trying to use us too. Right, mm-hmm. uh, quasi. Quasi Pauline, like, hey, this dude was just killing us. Hmm. This dude was just killing us. I don't know if we should trust him, right? <laughs> so, I, I fear that's going to happen. Um, or I, I fear this whole backlash is going to go all bad, and then at best, it's just going to become a footnote in Kanye's wild career of, hey, this was that this you know you had the 
you had the old Kanye, um, then his mom died, and then you had wild Kanye, and then you got, you know, like you had with Mace, right? You got the Jesus following Kanye, gospel music Kanye, and then there's going to be, I'm, I'm afraid there, there's, there's going to be a post era of that Kanye. Um, huh. Where I'm hopeful is that, hey, his conversion, I mean, legit, he just gets out of music um, and focuses on, you know, his life and growing himself and his family and, and trying to create in that way and uh, encouraging artists to be more creative. Yeah. Um, and I'm hopeful because, hey, let's say this whole conversion thing is real, right? Let's mm-hmm. say it's real. God scattering seeds. What? How do we know that God's is not using Kanye? Throw them seeds, right? He's scattering seeds. They might fall on, might fall on the concrete, mm-hmm. right? But Kanye's own experience was he was doing gospel music before the message of the music hit him. Yeah. I'm hopeful that it might be somebody like my like my coworker who was at the you know Sunday service. I don't know. It's not just a seed being planted for something that's going to, you know, one plants, one waters, but God yields the increase. How do we know we're not looking at, you know, God using Kanye to plant and water seeds yeah. for people and that eventually sprouts up some, some true fruit. So I'm, I, I, obviously I, I agree with that. Obviously I say, because the, the, the parable you're referencing, I mean, makes that point and God can use anybody. And, you know, um, I guess my, my one worry is that, it's it's hard to separate what am i trying to say here um his message is inseparable from the messenger and that messenger slash message is so wrapped up in celebrity culture so for instance the person who's going to be impacted by kanye's conversion is you can't separate the fact that it comes from Kanye and, and, and is a celebrity and it comes with all the, the, the power and influence and wealth. And, and I don't know, like that, it, it, the, the gospel message comes with almost like an unforeseen toxicity that if that's not rooted out, you just kind of re keep perpetuating the same kind of American gospel, celebrity gospel that we're, that, 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 <laughs> That stunts like effective discipleship mm-hmm. down the road. And then the hope becomes that they're not being discipled right. like Kanye in white evangelicals. Right, right. Yeah. Be- because if if they're going through what Kanye is going through and being discipled through white evangelicalism, it is going to perpetuate. Right. Um well, it's 2020, man. We'll see what's going on, man. We got Trump in the office. We got Kanye planting a cultish society up in Montana. A society. <laughs> whatever's going on up there. I mean, I admire this estate. I, I like. I, I I'm kind of down with that. He just. I mean, he's such. He. he he's. I. I yeah, I mean, he's kind of. He's always been kind of a loose cannon off his rocker a little bit. So I don't. Right. I don't know. He's like the mad genius. I mean, he is a genius. When he comes in, yeah, he's a genius of an artist, and he's. This, I don't. I don't think he's not smart. I think he's a smart guy, but he's just a little nuts too. <laughs> See, but that's the other part, right? Like, yeah, do I admire now as a business? If this stays purely as a business, yeah, oh. right? creating his own like growing blue cotton to make blue clothes, <laughs> so you don't have to die. Like you talk about cutting back. Talk about cutting back so much on costs. Yeah. Now, what's that going to do to the 
what's that going to do to the soil, right? Like you got to look at that stuff. But like, if, if that's actually sustainable as yeah. a business model, Dude. that is revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> keep the cultish, you know, I'm your leader part out of it, right? Like just keep it. Hey, you come here, you work here, you go home kind of stuff happening. Yeah. With it. That's brilliant. Um, but you've got a guy who is one armed with a God said card yeah. Two, he's armed with mental issues. Yeah. Like the dude, he takes, he, he takes Lexapro and he's rapped about some of the medicine that he takes. Like huh. he, he calls it, he, he refers to it as his superpower. Oh, wow. Right. He calls his mental instabilities and stuff that he's dealing with. Um, his his superpower. Now, on one hand, I admire his uh, I admire his desire to remove the stigma that comes along with mental health. Yeah, right. It's not it's not a mental issue. It's my it's my it, right? it's not my disability. It's my superpower. Yeah, right. Like I'm down for I'm down for that. Yeah, right. Remove the stigma. Cool. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, we got to deal with the fact that the decisions that are being made yeah. are made through that lens. And would you like if you took Kanye out of his celebrity status, he's just let's say he's just a normal dude, but with all of his uh, hubris and mental issues and arrogance, would you want him as your pastor? Minus, no. minus the platform. Like, no. would you hire him? Fresh out of seminary, here comes Kanye, who's his name's Bob thomas or something or, he's got a 150 followers on twitter uh but say, but same kind of like everything else is the same like would you want him as your pastor or or somebody you'd look up to for like hey what do you think about this what do you think about that tell us about your view on sexuality and, and politics and right but the thing this dude isn't fresh out of seminary he fresh out of bible study right <laughs> bible study not even bible <laughs> right. college he f- Right, he fresh off the altar call. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he 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 got two weeks of new believers class. Left. Like, I'm not hiring that guy at Joel Osteen's church. I mean, no, I mean, you know, I don't know. Whatever, maybe it's theologically rich. Never mind. I don't. Yeah. Hey, man, we gotta go, uh, dude. Thanks so much for your time. This has been super interesting to me. We'll see how it goes when I release this publicly. Uh, we may yeah. uh, get some emails, but hey, it's the all general folks. Yeah. Holla at me. I'm at I'm at Stephen Patton on Twitter. They can they can there come right for me. There you go. Stephen with a V. Come at me. <laughs> Dude, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate you. Same here, bro. Take care.